Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio. And to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Mark. Our guest this morning is Julie Sampson, who's the executive director at the Scheinfeld Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Santa Barbara City College. That makes for a heck of a long signature line, doesn't it? Oh, yes, it does. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm so I'm thrilled to get you on the show. We had... Um, Melissa Moreno on the show uh, last year, and you've just been kicking it this year, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a great year for the Scheinfeld Center. Yep. Well, you know, that we should let our listener know that um, I think there's four, at least four organizations that you're attached to, right? What, what are those? Yes. Okay. So, I'm the executive director of the Scheinfeld Center for Entrepreneurship, and then I'm also director of the Small Business Development Center for um, Santa Barbara County. Um, we are a satellite center of the EDC, the Economic Development Center in Ventura County, Small Business Development Center there. And then I'm also a deputy sector navigator for the... I want that badge, by the way. <laughs> I, want, I totally want to be a deputy sector navigator. I'm still waiting for the badge. It hasn't come through yet. We'll get but you I, one. I, I, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. get you one. <laughs> Which basically means I'm a business li a liaison between business and educators um, in oh. the field of global uh, logistics, um, helping to build that career pathway. And um, then also we are a center for international trade development at, um, through the Scheinfeld Center. And so, yeah, with that, we help with uh, um, helping business owners who are interested in uh, getting involved with global trade or are currently in global trade, um, helping them to connect with the resources that they need, as well as um, making sure that the curriculums in our community colleges are um, teaching what business owners need to know about global trade. Right. Yeah. So it, are, are those separate jobs or those are kind of alliances that go with the job? Um, I they so the Center for International Trade. Well, yeah, they're all alliances. Yeah, they're all alliances that that just naturally go with being executive director. So, I, I, yeah, I do have to. I do report to all those agencies, um, but yeah, it what happens is they just meld beautifully together. Right. It's, it sounds like it. Yeah. I remember um, Guy Smith, who's been on the show before, was the head of the School of Media of Arts. And back in the day when I had an animation software company in town, I was one of those alliances, if you will, based on the let's make sure the curricula that's being taught is aligned with what industry needs, yes. which is what I think I heard you say. Yes, exactly. So important. Yeah, and, and I think that's something um, Santa Barbara City College and all community colleges, uh, that is really, I think, what sets us apart, you know, that our curriculums really need to follow um, 
uh, what the labor force needs, the workforce needs are, you know, and so we have to have that in order to um, create new courses or suggest, even suggest new courses. It has to align with the labor market data. That's so I want to let me dig into that a little bit. Um, the, the suggesting new courses and doing new courses, entrepreneurialism is is right now it's it's white hot, so yes. just white hot, right? And the whole nature of that is that we're we're inventing new things. That's the whole idea is we're inventing new things. So is there a spirit of entrepreneurialism in the school in the sense that you can invent new things where the thing you invent is a course? Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, there, you know, there is the option to um, be an entrepreneur as an instructor and um, suggest new courses. But it isn't just like, oh, I have this idea for this new course. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, I have this idea, but does the labor market data back up that we really need this, that Mm. this is really going to serve the students um, in their course of study with coming, finishing um, their degree or just their course of study, whatever they're doing, with the information, skills, um, and under, just understanding that they need um, in order to be more effective in the workforce. Do you have a, um, I, I'm imagining that you have a tight loop with the business community then? Yes, you know what? It's really important. I, I think this is something um, that we really get at the Scheinfeld Center, that it isn't just about the coursework that we have there. It's really up to us to, to build um, great alliances with high schools with um, and in the high schools both teachers and career counselors with um, our business partners and um, with the other uh, um, entrepreneurial organizations that there are in town um, as well as you know our own faculty and our own career center I mean, what we really have to build is a career pathway in entrepreneurship. So what does that look like? That looks like um, starting uh, with students when they're young. So even in middle school, we haven't gone. Really? Yeah, yeah. With helping, helping them understand really what what skill what their skills are at that point what their interests are you know and then you get into the high schools and there's the academies that they have now right and those are so important for helping students get ready not just to go to college but get ready for a career you know which is really two different things so the whole um idea used to be you know, you got to go to college, you know, the four-year degree or whatever, it's going to guarantee you social mobility, it's going to guarantee you financial, you know, viability, you know, it's going to guarantee you a place in the world, essentially. And what we're finding is, well, the world is changing a bit, the work world is changing, you know, what we're seeing more is that as we continue to move into the future, the number of jobs that require a four-year degree is shrinking. The really? number of, of jobs that require a skilled workforce are increasing. So skilled workforce, industry credentials, that is, that is increasing. And so it's not that a, a degree, a university degree, call it, you know, four-year degree or 
you know, additional education isn't needed. But in order for um, students to get that first entry into the job market, it's actually really advantageous advantageous for them to understand in high school, starting in high school, what's requ- what are their interests, what are kind of their natural aptitudes, how does that fit, what career pathway might that fit into, and then how can they um, begin to position themselves just for their first entry, which might be an associate's degree and internships that give them both hands-on experience and classroom experience. They've got to go together these days. So this is where, uh, you know, we have to, we start with the high schools and, you know, at the Scheinfeld Center, one of the things we do is to promote youth entrepreneurship is we have the new Venture Challenge Business Plan and Pitch Competition. It's coming up. Yep, coming up in April, April 29th. And so we, um, you know, we really work with academies um, in the local high schools to, um, you know, give their students this platform for the competition. You know, the academies are doing their great work, but it's great. It's kind of like a capstone experience for their students, and it helps them get into the college environment, you know. Right, right, And there's um, scholarship opportunities for them. Aren't there... I think I heard the number that there were 2,000 high school students that go to, to take at least one class at City College. Yeah, I think that's right. I th- that's I think a staggering right. number. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Absolutely. And and so once, well, both in the high schools and at the college level, another thing that we really do is to focus on the hands-on experience, you know, um, because it's got to be, it's, you know, students need that academic right. knowledge, but they also need those hands-on skills. Otherwise, they have such a hard time bridging to the work world. And so that's another thing we focus on at the Scheinfeld Center and why our business partners are so important. We really focus on placing students um, in internships that are entrepreneurial. So they're with kind of up-and-coming businesses or, you know, high-growth businesses, and that are also involved in international trade in some capacity, whether that's uh, they import or they export or something. So because they start to get that sense that the world is bigger than just right here. Yeah, exactly. Because we all hear, yeah, we live in a global economy, all of that. But how do you navigate that? Right. You know, students need to be in that, just in that environment, you know, as you're saying, just even, you know, taking that in even sideways, you know, just so that, that they kind of get it, you know, how, what, skills are required. And if students put an international twist on their career, it can increase their pay from the get-go 15 to 20 percent. Yeah, no kidding. You know? Yeah. I I think the other thing about internships that helps a lot is to find out what I don't want to do. Yes. Yeah. Right. I'm not really good in an office environment oh, sure. yeah. or I'm not really good working by, you know, with just I like to be in a team or I like this aspect of the job. So we would encourage and, and we have we have younger listeners. Right. And encourage them to. Well, people, uh, well, I, I wonder if we have high school listeners, if you you should write us if you're a high school listener. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, but to have them try a lot of different things. Yes. You had mentioned career pathway, and, and mm-hmm. I'm very, very visual, so mm-hmm. I see that as a map. Yes. And 
I'm working on a project with Hilton called Campus Conversations, which is um, Hilton wants to grow their workforce, their long-term workforce yes. in management, in leadership. Okay. Okay, so they decided if they could get in front of hospitality students at the beginning of their educational path yes. and then provide them with opportunities to intern and extern along that four year period, they could try. Do I like front of house? Do I like back of the house? Do I like hotel? I mean, what part of that whole experience do I like and be there for them as that? trusted educational or the real world experience person. And yeah. what they did when they rolled it out uh, last year was they made this huge map that showed as a freshman, this is what your world looks like in hospitality. Is it sophomore, junior, it's senior. And these are all the things that will be made available to you and these are the kinds of classes you take. And it is oh, just beautiful. gone. I've never heard of another company doing that long line fishing, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's actually coming up more. It, this is a fabulous example of it because businesses are realizing they, it, they've got to cultivate their right. workforce, yep. right? And yep. For that longevity, you know, and. I um, am really, this year we've been talking a lot about leadership. Yes. And a, a part of, you know, entrepreneurship and starting ideas and you have to be a leader. How do you address leadership in the kind of classes? What does that fit in? What does that look like? Yeah, well, I, I think um, a really good example of how we do that um, is our enterprise launch class, which is a part of our require, a part of the degree the, in entrepreneurship. Um, and this is where students come together in the class. We usually have a group of 20 to 35, 25 to 35, I'd say. And um, they um, need to come to class and formulate an idea, either come to class with a business idea or formulate their idea when they're there. They have a couple of class sessions. We talk about feasibility, you know, because they're going to rapidly launch a product or service in a single semester. And how many weeks is that? And that's uh, 15 to 16. 16 yeah. weeks, okay. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and that's 16 weeks, but then we have like spring break or yeah. Thanksgiving uh -huh. break. Oh. So it actually. So I have to come up with a million dollar idea and execute <laughs> it in 12 weeks. Well, even a $500 idea. <laughs> right, right. And that's actually it, really? that trick. Yeah, it's okay. more, if we can get them out of the box with just a simple product or service, and they can go through the ideation, the, um, you know, uh, customer surveys and, and market validation about their idea, go about developing their prototype and selling it, and then pitching their idea. If they can do that with something simple, They've already been through it once right. to, you know, right. to go to, on to a more complex ideas just to take those same steps to the next level. But within that course, here's here's the kicker, one of the kickers anyway, there's several, um, that not every idea that's proposed is, via, is feasible for a 16-week course. And so... They, they Meaning know. it needs more time. It's not that it's not feasible. It just needs more time. Yeah, it's not Got feasible it. for rapid launch. So um, so part of what happens is um, there are 10 to 12 ideas that are chosen, um, and I choose the ideas based on my expertise of what tends to go and sure. what doesn't. 
And um, then the students need to form teams around those ideas. And this take requires a lot of leadership. And leadership is not right. only leading, but following, sure right? Knowing Absolutely. when to lead and when to follow. Absolutely. And knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at. And so they form these teams. And this is one of the most magnificent parts of the course because they come together and they have to be become this highly functioning team when they pretty quickly yeah really quickly is this so, uh, an additional 12 weeks so at the end of 12 weeks you figure out okay here are the 10 to 12 ideas and now we're going to take those into the next semester or is this all still within all still within the semester so oh, within goodness. the yeah so the first week they learn what a good about rapid launch and and the feasibility criteria for rapid launch and then the second class we pick the ideas they pitch them they pitch their class ideas two. yeah class wow. two and and we choose the ideas there they form their teams in class three and they're off and running their pit their first pitch competition is class four so the other part that's do really they sleep <laughs> <laughs> not the good ones. Yeah, yeah, not the good ones. So they're yeah. learning right off what you, it takes. Right. We tend to have actually a pretty broad mix, and huh. we, and we'll do both um, products and services, which is cool. We have tended to see um, more products than we do services. Yeah, and, and typically, if somebody's going to launch something that's innovative and within a certain niche, they kind of have to have expertise in that area already. So they're you know? showing up with... They're showing up. They're and not they're, making it up. Yeah, and they're saying, this is my innovative way of doing this. Like, for instance, we had you know, somebody who was a physical therapist who had worked in this field and had come up with her own proprietary system for how do you go about you know, physical therapy. And so that was a really good example of somebody coming in with a service that's, that's ready to go with it. So one of the things we know about the community college is it's not just 19, 20, 21-year-olds. That's right. Right. You've got that midlife or whatever that means, not 21-year-olds. They're you know, 30, 40, maybe 50s. Yeah. What's the age breakdown in this program? Um, I would say in Enterprise Launch, most, I would say probably 80% are in our typical 18 to 24. Yeah. yeah. And then the others just span, I mean, we've had up to like 65, you know, in, in there. Yeah. So, and I love that. I love having the multi-generations in there, you know, because um, it, it helps so much when uh, the students are going about defining their target market because they sure. have to learn about psychographics and you know along with the demographics and it's like when we have the different um uh generations just right there in the room there's just a lot of insight and plus we draw on mentors and i try to bring in mentors from all different generations sure. you know so um, what's your favorite idea so far the one you just like <gasps> oh my you you saw it and it just jumped off the page at you <laughs> oh that's so hard because i jump off the page with all of them really <laughs> well it's good to be excited <laughs> you need to be excited right that's part of the incubation right is mm -hmm. there's you know there's for any great idea, it needs heat, energy, and fuel. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think, I, I don't know if it's a, it's a particular idea, but what I'm in love with mm. is that spark of the students. You know, it's like whatever that is, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like when they, they come forward with that, it's just contagious, right? And so we're in this kind of, yeah, you could call it a, 
incubator, you know, for like 12, sure. or 15, 16 weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're cultivating that, you know, and Absolutely. we're in it together. And it's the kind of environment where it's interesting. In order to sustain that, it's not just all positive vibing it. It, well, it has to be positive vibing it, but there has to it has to be reality based too. Right. So they've got to hear when an idea isn't happening. They've got to hear. No one out, wants an right? orange switch on that. Really, <laughs> seriously, they don't. Trust me. Right. I know this. Right. And and so here we go back to team leader, team and leadership. You know, being able to both give. And receive constructive feedback, you know, and to be able to sort, sift through it, you know, is really important for the students. And But what's so cool and what's really empowering for them is at the beginning when they're developing their idea, you know, they'll have mentors and me the mentors may have different ideas about the sure. directions they should go. But it's when they go out and they get it in front of their target market and they get validation on it. It's just so great because then they have their surveys and their statistics about what right. people are saying they want. And then it's no more, it just gives them that power to move forward with it. Well, my customers are saying, you know, and this is how business development should be these days customer centric development, right? Well, the successful ones, that's exact, <laughs> that, I mean, that's exactly what it is. But again, we got to remember why they're going to school because they don't know yet. Right. right. And they can go out and just do it on their own and figure it out. But I like the kind of the security of doing this inside the school. Yeah. Right. And yes. so there's it's there's nets all over the place and padded walls so I don't go crazy. <laughs> Have you had any successful exits where they've you know, they left the nest and kept going and turned it into real businesses? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, tell we've us some stories. Several. Um, so. I think um, when Melissa was on here, she talked about fuel box. Yep. So um, there's that one. Um, there is uh, Garden on Wheels. Uh, at, Garden, what's which, that? Which is actually, the name has changed to Life Cycle Garden. So this is a elevated mobile um, garden um, garden bed. And... Um, yeah, so it's really... And why, it's, do, why do I want my garden on wheels? You want that because your knees are not working well and you can't get down to the ground uh, and So garden. it's a mobility thing. Yeah, or you want it because you are an apartment dweller and um, you love gardening, but where is your ground? Well, you can have this, you know, out on the balcony or, or whatever. And But also, um, so, so I was not... Uh, I was not on board when Justin came through, but I know the legend, so I'll tell you the oh, legend. A, oh, there's a legend. <laughs> so, so the legend is that um, so that that Justin came up with this concept of this, you know, elevated garden bed, and uh, he came in with his prototype. You know, we have them prototype sure. and the rough prototype. So he comes like barreling down the hall. You could hear him coming, you know, before he even arrived with this, you know, rickety thing put together concept prototype of this raised garden. And um, you know, he got it in front of the classroom and. 
here's the ma- here's where the magic happens, you know, because they're like, well, why does it have this? And what, you know, where are you going to hang the tools? And w- right. how is the water right. going to drain out of that and all of that? So he kept on refining that. In real time. Um, kind yeah, of, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And getting it out in front of um, who he thought his target market was. And he found that it was the boomer population that was really interested in this and and what's great about it is um he he didn't really like justin didn't didn't really start out going oh my passion is i want to work with the boomer population you know and create this thing and so this is where we see an interesting thing about passion his passion was about finding something that wasn't on the market and and filling this niche you know but as he went along it it, it's so beautiful the way the story unfolded because he found like wow he's really helping elderly but not only that students so schools started taking these things on and and um using it to teach students about botany and you know agriculture or whatever and and so he found this way to really having a positive impact and ended up, you know, we were able to connect him with um, mentors who helped him with manufacturing in China and all of this. And so he, you know, he got into, I, I think he got into Home Depot or some of the bigger garden stores, you know. And so now he's got a big mansion in, in Hope Ranch. <laughs> I don't know that he's quite there, but, but, you know, really successful. I mean, he's making this go of it, you know. And so I think this also illustrates what's really important is that along the full continuum, you know, there needs to be support for these students, you know. And so not only, you know, going through the program, but what happens afterwards. And this is where our connection with the SBDC has been really helpful um, because the – uh, the consultant that helped them with the manufacturing was on board with the SBDC, and the the students get no cost consult free, right. you know, consulting right. um, to help them along the way uh, and through the SBDC. Uh huh. Through the SBDC, and and that's open not just to Santa Barbara City College students, but to no, our community. Any, yeah. So yeah. we had Ray Bowman in here back in the day. I mean. We've done a lot of shows now, so it's been an early, <laughs> early set of shows. And I was, and I think the whole audience was really surprised at how many services are available and how that works. I mean, you have to qualify for them. You know, you. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll invest in you if, if you look like you're going to go places. You're going to be able mm-hmm. to deliver the numbers and you're going to do all of that. And then once you do that, Boy, they do, SBDC just brings it. Oh yeah, you bet. Yeah. So, so with the SBDC, we are really charged with creating economic development. Yep. We've got yep. to, yep. Y- you know, in order to keep going. And so, there are like five different metrics that we really key oh, into. What are those? Um, business startup. Um, what does that mean? So start. So it has so to be a startup. Start. Yeah, actually right. getting going. And what we've noticed, uh, kind of one of the things that we've noticed is those businesses that come forth that have already had sales. Yes. Are usually the ones that you know follow through, H- having sales, having completed sales, and kind of had some proof of concept. There is probably the biggest in um, indicator uh, that they're going to be successful. You know, with the SBDC. Got it. SBDC well, and, and in, yeah. in the business, I remember at Wayfront, you know, we were all excited about this computer graphics and computer animation software. And I remember coming into the office and, and on my door was pasted. It said, nothing happens till somebody sells something. Yes. 
right? <laughs> Part, okay, so you yeah. had five metrics. So Yeah, so uh, business startup, um, creating jobs or maintaining jobs. So it, it's that it will create jobs, mm-hmm. right? So by virtue of starting up, if it's even if it's a solo business owner, that's one job, right? right? Sure. You know, and um, and then also maintaining jobs. So some of our businesses are already underway; they're going through some kind of growing pains. Um, you know, uh, can we help them maintain their job and keep right. them from going right. under? You know, maintain the jobs. Um, then also increase in sales and um, capital infusion. So some kind of a loan or something like that. So, so really, you know, those are all indicators that we're doing, that we're doing in um, economic development, and we have to show traction there. And what's interesting for these students is they have no clue what those five things are. Right. <laughs> Dude, I have this garden on wheels. What do you mean? What's capital infusion? I don't even know what that is. Right? Yeah, well, until they I mean, get... They, until yeah, they yeah. need some money, and then right. they, they then all learn really quick, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I love about, um, I mean, starting my first business when I was 12 and kind of a first semi-legitimate business by the time I was 18 and been around this my whole career, it's so great right this time right now with eight incubators in the region, the startup, you know, the startup weekend going on in, in Conejo Valley, three days of craziness, startup weeks happening, the the impact hub, what's going on in slow I mean it's it's everywhere and it's not just here. It is a global phenomenon. Yes. And it's a, as you know when you have these intensive periods working with these kids, the mentor mentors are excited. Everybody's excited. I mean yeah. like you said, why oh, all the ideas are good. <laughs> but it but it's that infectious enthusiasm that has it that's part of the rocket fuel that you have to have. If you don't have that, you're not going to make it through 20 hour days. Yes, yep, yes, absolutely, it's true. We, I, so I've, um, I've done consulting with startups in a lot of different environments besides the, the Scheinfeld Center. And what I do see, you know, for those that kind of have their con- concept together, maybe they have their business plan put together, They've got to have that fire there, you, you right. know, in, or, and know how to kindle it themselves. That's another thing, you know, because you'll get it, you know, when you're first starting off with something, you have that passion and that drive. And that is kind of like that will get you through the first wave. And then at some point, that's going to just naturally, <laughs> I mean, 20, 24 hour days can only, you know, 20 right. hour work days can only last so long before it's like, okay, coming back to why am I doing this, you know, and, um, you know, the startup is, it can be just kind of roller coastery emotionally, you know, because it's like, yeah, one day, ah, oh, this is the best idea. People are going to love it. And then the next idea, day, it's like, oh, this sucks. What a stupid I suck. idea. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, so that passion part is really important. And then knowing how to kindle it, like knowing how to go back to it, like why am I doing this? Oh, yeah. And if that isn't there, 
I, I just find that people, there's so many distractions in life, they drop off the radar with it. You know, even if they've done business plans and all that around it, it it's really important. And so this is where I think it's another part, I, I, another thing that the Scheinfeld Center offers and our community is you really have to place yourself well. You can't play Lone Ranger because you need those right. people around you who are, are going to support you in help uh, in keeping your passion alive or giving you the feedback when it's time to cut yeah. it and run, you know. Well, if you take the piece of charcoal off the fire and let it set, it get, burns out pretty quickly. But yeah. if you leave it there, it, it stays going. Yeah. I have two things. Mm-hmm. One is uh, this idea. I, I love the metaphor of the spark yeah. so much so that TEDx uh, in 2011 for us, which we did at the Music Academy, was called the spark within. Mm, and nice. I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to look at the when wh- whoever it was, a, a musician, a teacher, when was that spark? When did you know it hit? And then if we look at what the elements of fire are, right, it's, uh-huh. it's heat and it's air and it's fuel. So I need energy, air, and fuel. Uh-huh. So what are the equivalents of those in the entrepreneur's ecosystem mm. right so I that's what I thought about a, a lot and yeah. then tried to find people who could give us their story through different lenses yeah. so I would just offer that to you um, I, we're gonna have a firefighter on the show here uh, in the next couple of months <laughs> who's who's really amazing and, and and I talked to her about this I said you know about fires I said now think about fire and your business and your idea and where is the energy coming from? To your point, how do yeah. I sustain that? Where do I get the air? Where do I get the oxygen to let me breathe yeah. into yeah. this idea? And where's the fuel? I mean, I need money. Yeah. I yeah. need customers. I need ideas. I need so you could you could start to play that metaphor out quickly. Now the second yeah. thing, you you was buried in there. And I want to spend the rest of our time talking about this, which is the why. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just just back from a conference where I met a guy who comes in and helps you figure out, helps you or your organization or your executive team figure out your why at the individual level and at the corporate level. How much, knowing what Simon Sinek says about people buy, uh, they don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Is that, has that, now that that's a thing, become part of the training for these young entrepreneurs? Yeah, it, it's definitely in there, uh, you know, and I think this always comes out in uh, when they get around to their marketing, because that's where they get to telling their story. And what's good at that point is they've kind of, they've needed to develop their problem and their solution, and then naturally they get to why, you know, because um, it used to be that, uh, you know, somebody could an entrepreneur could um, find a niche and like put a product into that gap and um, or service and like advertise you know it was all about advertising you know to yeah exposure right right and now it is not that way now what motivates customers to buy you know is they really want belonging you know they're really looking for this belonging Yeah, so, and they want to be involved. I mean, if you look at our, I, I think this. Back to belonging, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not letting that go. Because belonging implies tribal. Yes. Right. And so, so are, there, 
are you suggesting then that there's a tribe around a product, there's a tribe around a service, and that the sooner that the entrepreneur understands that they can then start to cultivate and start to behave more tribal as a leader? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it even starts, it starts in the product development itself, you know, um, the, so through market validation and getting out in front of those customers, you know, actually right away when you're just, when you still just have your problem and solution actually, and you need to get out and see, I think there's this problem, but do other people have this do problem? Do I have, where's my tribe? Yeah, yeah. And if so, you know, are they, do they have what, alternative are they using to solve this problem now and are they satisfied with it or are they seeking you know a different solution on their own that's awesome when that's happening and once that's happened and once you identify those people who are saying yeah this is great I'm looking for this when is this going to be ready you know um, those are great people to continue with through, you know, when you get your prototype done, hey, can, you know, so you get their contact information and then it's like, hey, when the prototype is done, can I get this in front of you and would you be willing to give me feedback on it? And then, you know, you get in contact with them and, you know, you're building that customer pipeline even before Absolutely. the product Frank, is built. Frank uh, Robinson teaches us that, right? And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's sell, build. Yeah. Right. Not, yeah. not build, sell. It's sell, build. Yeah. I'm. St- I'm going to go back to this word belonging, though, because I've not. I've not heard that before, and that's a really powerful word. And as a prospective client, if I belong to this tribe, then there's a lot of things that come along with belonging. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm there. The trust is there. The reciprocity is there. The implied relationship is there. It's I want you to do well is there. Yes, I'm right, going right. to I'm going to. Oh, well, it's three weeks late. That's OK. Get it right. Get it to me when you can, because yeah. I belong to this. So I have a sense of responsibility. And if not. Uh, that word just triggered a whole bunch of stuff. Thank you for You're that. <laughs> that, was, You're that was really, I mean, because that's, that, that's such an important thing for them to understand. And to your point, I can't advertise. Advertising is pushing. Belonging is gravitational pull. Yes. I belong to this product. Yeah. They, they, what they know is they don't like being sold on things, you know. And so when we tease that apart, it's, we can we can get to that that they want to feel a natural attraction to this and also be around people who are also of that same mindset in or the tribe. Those things. Right. No, right. I mean the whole uh, Hatfield and McCoys. Hatfield and McCoys. Sure. Right. I mean the whole tribe. I'm I'm studying tribes right now. Oh. I'm literally reading a book called One Tribe at a Time. And uh, we look at uh, tribes, the book um, that was out four years ago, just the more we understand tribal behavior and, and now you're suggesting as an entrepreneur understand that there are, my customers can be associated as a tribe and the better I understand them, which is a play on what we teach. I'm a mentor for, you know, for students and I'll talk to them about their, we, I call it a customer avatar. That customer avatar, I, I've lost them already because they, they think I'm talking about the movie. <laughs> and it's not that. 
But if I talk about a whole cluster of these avatars as a tribe, so tell me about your tribe. Oh, my tribe are, that might actually be an easier entry into that because you need to pre-visualize the client before you have the client enough to go say, oh, you look exactly like what I had in mind, or this is like nothing I had in mind. Yes. Oh, isn't that interesting? And you still want it? Oh, so my tribe is diverse. My tribe also includes these kinds of people and these kinds of people. And that's to your uh, awareness of them when they get excited. When Justin got excited, he goes, wow, these boomers, I had, he didn't know that they were in his tribe. Right, right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's it's fabulous. And and I think what's great is um, th- it's that underlying the big why under underneath right. it all. That's right. the unifying factor, right? right? And what and w- we used to like in marketing be so focused on what are the demographics, you know? And now we're finding well kind of the big why can go across a lot of demographics. You know, there may be one of those de- demographics that's the primary, that's going to buy, the, you know, the most and most frequently, you know. But um, it's interesting when we define who our target market is, it's a lot about this underlying big why. What do they care about? You know, and and then And what do you care about? Because that's yeah. your passion. I want to continue yeah. doing this thing for the next and years. And I want to make sure that my why is aligned. They're, again, they're not buying what I do, they're buying why I do it. So they have to have to have an alignment of the why. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, we do um, see students come through who are more of the serial entrepreneur sure. type of mindset where it's like, well, my passion is just bringing things to market. And then I, I just I don't want to stick Next. with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't see a lot of that, but I do see it sometimes. You know, what I see um, mostly from the millennial generation is that they are really motivated and focus on the deeper meaning, you know, behind things. So the big why. It's not just being famous. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about this a lot on the show. So, yeah. Being famous for nothing in particular. Right, right. Yeah. The data proves that. So do you, um, are you also not talking about beneficial corps? And when you talk about organizations where, I mean, how they organize down there, that's something they need to learn. So B corps and all of that, is that now more a part of the conversation? Um, I, I think that doesn't, uh, yes, it is more of the conversation. Um, in with the students that I'm working with, for instance, in Enterprise Launch, they're launching a product or service which is different than building a business. So, Fair enough. right, Fair enough. right, sure, sure. and so they get, basically they get their validation and they get into a really sweet spot where, you know, they can have a talk with the angel investors, you know, because they they are showing some validation, some proof of concept if they've gotten the sales. You Do know? you find them circling? The angels, I mean, <laughs> are they around? Just there's, you know, there's a lot of guys in in the whole region, the whole 805, who are just, you know, they're just their radar is lit up, looking for these kinds of things. So, do you have those kinds of relationships now? Well, we're we. This is an area that we want to develop more okay. at the Scheinfeld Center. So, so a lot of the the majority of businesses, you know, when they 
are at the stage where kind of I leave them um, in enterprise launch. They are in that stage where they're kind of drawing on front friends and family, sure, you know, for sure. that initial and a very po- important part that we offer at the Scheinfeld Center, you know, both in Enterprise Launch and with our new venture challenge is seed capital, right, right. you know, and so so that kind of gets them going there. And then this is where the rest of our curriculum really helps helps them advance because we do have, you know, um, class a class that helps them write their entire business plan you know we do have classes that focus on their marketing plan on the right. finance um, there's a lot to lo- it it's not law. easy there's, right. a, there's, a, there's a lot to it yeah so so what's great then that you know they can focus on what they need and get the expertise that they need with these other supporting courses as well and so so the answer to your question yeah we definitely see students who are interested in a business with a conscience or a business with a soul, right. you know? Right, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and then they will find probably the structure that might fit them best is maybe the B Corp, or uh, I don't, we, we actually have a lot of businesses that start out as um, um, sole proprietors, sure. you know? Sure, And then um, build from there. Yeah. How does someone get in touch with you if they want to provide an internship or they want to be a mentor or they they just want to come learn more about this? Yes, um, I would suggest going to our website, which is um, scheinfeld.sbcc.edu. And Scheinfeld is S-C-H-E-I-L, Schein, F-E-L-D. When we'll have yeah. it in the show notes yeah, so they, yeah. they can look for that. Mm-hmm. Well, we come to the... That forty-five minutes just evaporated. It just flies. Right? Yeah, that's my new. That's my other T-shirt that I'll be <laughs> evaporation. Yes, yes. Um, so we come to the part of the show where we get to give this conversation a title, put a put a bow on it, and we we do that because now we've got this huge back catalog, and as people will have an entry through some title through a friend or they heard about it on a list or something. And they go, oh, that was interesting. Let me see what else is there. And they go through, riffle through the titles. So what should we call this one? What would be your marketing hat on for a second? What about something like um, Kindling the Fire of Student Entrepreneurs? Okay. Kindling. Let's remove three of those words. (laughs) (laughs) Kindling the Fire. Student entrepreneurs. I'm going to yeah. get entrepreneurs in there somewhere. And students. I like I that. Yeah, and students. I like that. Yeah. So um, thank you so much, Julie. Thank you so much. It's this been a was, pleasure. This was really great. Yeah. And um, I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. You know, without their support, we couldn't do this show. Our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio and, and their growing network and Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Connect project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We want to thank them as well. If you're interested in learning more about how you could help out the 805 Connect project, go to 805connect.com. I would love to hear your story as well. Please introduce yourself to me. Send me a note, mark at 805connect.com, and let me know what you like or don't like about the show or somebody you think I should talk to. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. 